Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Thanks for joining us on this short-notice uh, emergency podcast, our second in as many days. And uh, the worst-kept secret in hockey is that now nearly official. Patrick Kane is indeed going to be a New York Ranger in about an hour and nine minutes an hour and 11 minutes whatever the whatever the clock says i have two different clocks in my office so uh it's gonna happen oh mr two clocks yeah you know we got that chgo money um (laughs) thanks for joining us Uh, jay zawoski here with greg boyson and mario tirabasi and fellas we knew it was coming now we know the return let's give you the rundown real quick so the blackhawks send patrick kane to the New York Rangers. In exchange, the Blackhawks get a 2024 second and a 2024 or 2023 fourth round pick. If the Rangers reach the Eastern Conference final this year, that second round pick becomes a first in 2024 or 2025. The Coyotes are also involved here. They pick up a third round pick from the Rangers for taking on the extra 50% of Patrick Kane's salary. So what can we count on a 2023 second and fourth and everybody should be rooting hard for the New York Rangers. That includes you, Greg. <laughs> nope, to reach. nope. Nope. <laughs> We've got two picks in both of those first rounds already. Screw the Rangers. Yeah. So yeah. To re- yeah, if they reach the Eastern conference final, that becomes a first round pick in 2024 or 2025. So, Hey, you know, here we are. This is what we've been waiting for. Uh, basically since the end of last year, uh, it's finally upon us. So fellas, how are we feeling? I think the, uh, the, the length of time it took to get here, I think is taking a lot of the sting off. Um, it's still not fun to see, um, you know, a, a, a Blackhawks legend, uh, not finishing their career here. Like uh, I think a lot of people thought was, was going to be the case. Um, so it's tough. It's, it, it sucks, but that, uh, you know, the writing was on the wall for a long time that this, this outcome could be a, a real possibility. And, um, it, it died down for, for a bit there, but then it, uh, it came roaring back in the last few weeks. And, um, I think this is, uh, the end of a very long, very successful era of Blackhawks hockey. And, um, it's tough, but, uh, it is what it is. This is this is part of this is part of a rebuild. You not everyone gets to see the end. Gets to gets to have the ha- happy ending that they uh, that they might hope for. Yeah, I think my biggest uh, feeling is just like relief. It's over. It's done. The saga has been going on all season long. The last couple of weeks, it's just been will he, won't he? What are we gonna get? It's just like okay, here it is. And yeah, the return's not spectacular but this is another case where uh and i think we're guilty of it too uh local fans and local reporters overvalue their star players more than the actual other teams do um so this was a situation kyle davidson had no leverage very little leverage and you're trading for three months of a guy that is having the worst season of his career and may be hurt so, I mean, getting a second, maybe a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, 
it's probably as good as it was going to get. It's, it's not what we were hoping for. It's not what we thought we were going to get in the beginning of the year, you know, but you know, when you constantly see things in YouTube chats and in Twitter and all over the place, like Lafayette and Kako and, and regardless of who's saying it, if it's said enough time, people are going to start believing it and think that that's what the actual trade value is, even though, those are not the discussions actually happening behind closed doors. So then when the actual return comes, people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. And I think part of that is why we've been trying to, if you've been with us all year or part of the year, whatever, we've been trying to kind of set you up for this because look, it was very likely that Kane would give one team that he wanted to go to. And that was the New York Rangers. And you heard his disappointment when they acquired Tarasenko. And it felt like that ship had sailed. Uh, but then all of a sudden, the Rangers do some math and figure out, oh, wait, maybe we can actually afford Patrick Kane here. If we do some maneuvering and we bite the bullet real hard for a couple nights roster-wise, we can make it work. And then Kane says, okay, if you can make it work with the Rangers, I'm in. So for those of you that are upset with the return, let's put the shoe on the other foot, right? Let's say... The Hawks are ready to win again. And, you know, just uh, Nathan McKinnon is going to be an unrestricted free agent for the Avalanche. And the Hawks want to add him at the deadline. And he's the only team he's going to go. The Hawks are the only team he wants to go to. You're not going to give up a boatload to get him. You're going to say, hey, we're going to give you something we feel is fair. We're not going to sell the farm for a guy that wants to be here. And you're sort of obligated to trade him. So here's a second. Here's a fourth. If, we, if Kane helps us reach the conference final, great. We'll call it a first. And everybody is is satisfied. And look, it's more as, as this was sort of approaching the last few days. This is more than I thought they would get. Am I disappointed? They didn't change the franchise with this trade. Of course, but I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad at Kyle Davidson. I'm not mad at Patrick Kane. It is what it is when you play, when you're the second best at at worst, Patrick Kane is the second best player in franchise history, right? You get certain yeah. you get certain privileges with that, including getting to dictate where you go. He got to dictate where he went, and the Hawks, instead of losing him for nothing at the end of the summer, they get a second round pick, a fourth round pick, and that second potentially becomes a first. So we'll see. It's just yeah. I understand it's it's an emotional day, and I don't want to lose sight of that, right? I know there's a lot of Hawks fans in their fields saying, we're not going to tell you to not feel that way, but I want you to think about it from the business aspect of it, the trade aspect of it, that they did about as good as they could do, all things considered. The Rangers were prepared to uh, get Patrick Kane this season, and when that ship seemed to have sailed what they were budgeting to spend on him went to getting Vladimir Tarasenko. And when it came out that Kane still wanted to go to the Rangers and was playing like vintage Patrick Kane and the option to get Patrick Kane back to the Rangers came up again. Well, then they were in a position where we've kind of given up everything we thought we were going to have to, but with Kane saying, well, I, you know, I was disappointed in, in not being traded to the Rangers that made it pretty evident that, you know, the, the, the door wasn't closed and now they kind of had to scramble and, and figure out what they could do to make it work. And it, it did them a service that Kane really said, I just want to go to the Rangers. So that took any leverage that the Blackhawks and, and Kyle Davidson could have had away. So this is, this is the best option that probably the Rangers could have afforded to offer 
with what they want to try and accomplish. And this is probably the best that the Blackhawks were going to, we're going to get because if they try and pull too much from the Rangers, then they can say, well, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're happy with, with whatever we got, you know, going into the deadline and, 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 and whatnot. And, and we're not going to give up this much for Patrick Kane, but we'll be fine otherwise. So, so to make something happen, to make it worthwhile for both, for both sides, this is probably the best that you're going to do. I know uh, last uh, last night on the on the TV broadcast, Charlie Romeliotis said, uh, you know, the the best the Blackhawks might get is a single second round pick. They get a little bit more than that, and if the Rangers make the East Conference Finals, it's more than that. So now you just you just hope that the Rangers win two rounds and Toronto wins a round, and the draft picks as, as be, become as best as possible in those in those scenarios. So. It doesn't take away the. It, it, I don't think any of this takes away from Patrick Kane and his legacy. Um, I think it's just uh, it's just a little bit of a sour taste at the end of everything that that people will get over in time. Yeah, it's. Um, I wonder if Kane had decided I only want to go to the Rangers two weeks earlier before they traded for Tarasenko. I bet you the return would have been better because then they would yeah. have already had Tarasenko. They would have had that extra first round pick. So mm-hmm. again, not, you know, sitting on the pot and not taking a shit hurt the Blackhawks here on the return. If he would have just said three weeks ago, Hey, I want to go to the Rangers. We could have got what the blues got for Tarasenko, which was a better return. Yeah. Um, so and, and it would have changed the whole scape of the train, but but hindsight twenty twenty, you can't. It is what it is. And I'm not mad at Patrick King. Go do your thing. You know it, it. And you know this was obvious to me as the season progressed that the Blackhawks were ready to move on from eighty eight and nineteen. They were ready to move on from the Stanley Cup era. And I think you know Kane. I don't think was going to be if if they didn't trade him. I don't think he was going to be resigned. So now. Yes, a little bit of an underwhelming return, but the Rangers don't get the three Stanley Cups and all those goals that he scored over here over 16 seasons. They get the guy that had nine goals on the season up until a week ago. They're not getting any of that stuff. They're not getting Patrick Kane in his prime. So that's why we're we're attaching, and a lot of the fans are attaching their hearts and their memories to that overtime goal in Philadelphia and that Con Smythe run in 2013 and and all that stuff. And it's worth so much more to them because we lived through all of that. But that's not part of the trade. The part of the trade is is a guy on the downside of his career that they're getting for three months. So. I think it was a fair return. And, um, you know, they're, they're, it's better than letting him walk away and signing with the Rangers next year and getting nothing. Right. Right. And, and I think that that's, uh, there's a lot of people online today and a lot of people in the chat that are, are wondering, you know, what if he signs in the summer? Or what if he comes back? It's Any, anything is possible. Um, but I am, I am, I am not, uh, holding my breath that Patrick King comes back anytime soon. If he wants to end his career at the end of at the end of his playing days with the Blackhawks on like a one year deal or something like that in a couple of years, I could see that happening. I don't see him coming back this summer and being like, "Hey, I'm I'm back." You know, I, I don't see like I don't see that happening. Yeah, it, no, it I, feels like the band aid has been ripped off, and I think you know, it, it, I think it's it's hard for fans to say, "Well, why would the Hawks want to get rid of Patrick Kane?" 
Like, why would they want to move on? He's still really good. He's still an effective player. It's not like he's going to be taking a roster spot from anybody. We talked about this last week. And there's truth in that. I also think if you watch the way the team has played since Kane has been out of the lineup, it's different. It's a yeah. different team that plays a different way. And Patrick Kane's presence and Jonathan Taves' presence on and off the ice is intimidating and is ever present and is is something that if you're trying to get the next generation of Blackhawks going having those guys around it might not hurt the team on the ice but I do think it can sort of stunt the development of your next leadership group now honestly the next leadership group probably isn't completely here yet. It's going to be Seth Jones because he's here for the next, what, eight years, and that's 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 a given. Um, yep. Maybe it's Max Domi because I saw – we've talked about it all the time that even if he gets traded, he might come back. I saw Mark Lazarus say that today as well. Maybe Max Domi's a guy you slap an A on. If you don't move Connor Murphy, that's a guy. But the true leadership of the next great era of Blackhawks are probably not on the roster yet. So you want to have those guys come in with a clean slate and not have to look over their shoulder and say, you know, here's 36-year-old Patrick Kane who's scoring 50 points, but he's still Patrick Kane. That's still number 88, and I still have to you know, kiss the ring and, and pay the respects and defer to him on the ice. You want this to be a clean slate, and there's no way to have a clean slate with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves on the team. Just like it was when Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane – joined the team it was their team from day one everybody knew it like Taze was the youngest captain in team history they wasted no time doing that and we had heard about these guys and it, it was their team yeah there was Seabrook and Keith and other parts of, of the the soon-to-be Stanley Cup champions but when those two arrived it was their team so if it's Connor Bedard and Kevin Korczynski next year or Adam Fantilli and and Frank Nazar whoever the next core is they get to have that same yeah. same clean slate and I, yeah. I know the timing isn't the same but let's just let's just play make-believe here and, and let's say Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves come to the Blackhawks when Jeremy Roenick and Chris Chelios are still there right it's yeah. a, it's a different thing mm-hmm. it's a different thing and you they don't have the freedom and the ability to grasp that leadership on their own in that sort of a situation yeah, and I and and bringing up Chelios and Ronick, this is uh, for for people uh, that became fans as as youngsters during this cup run and are now still fans in their late twenties, early thirties. Welcome to what the, what it was like being a Blackhawks fan in the nineties. <laughs> mm, yeah. Your favorite player gets traded all the time, except it's a little different now. It totally, actually, totally different because <laughs> Kane is on the downside of his his, his career and it's the end of his contract and it's a rebuild but when guys like Chelios and Ronick and Belfour were traded they were in their prime and they were given away for nothing yeah nothing and they went on to have hall of fame level careers for in Chelios case another decade after that trade so it trust me we feel the pain us graybeards you know we're, we're used to get seeing the superstars get traded but this is a different situation in, in mm-hmm. big picture this is it sucks, you know. One of the greatest players of all time uh, in this city, not just for the Blackhawks, but right. in this city, is now going to wear another team's uniform, and it's over. And that sucks. But 
you know, this is actually an exciting time. This franchise is moving forward. It's trying to do something new and exciting. And, and you know, holding on to the past, some people want to do that, but but moving towards a future and the unknown could be a little scary, but it's also kind of exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to what happens over the next three, four, five years on who, if anybody, can become that guy. I'm not going to say the next Patrick Kane because there's not going to be a next Patrick Kane, but who's going to be the next superstar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good comment from Rockstar80 that I want to get to here in a second. But first, I know we've probably got a lot of people checking us out for the first time. If you are, welcome. Make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. I see we've got over 300 people viewing it right now. We appreciate that. Going to let you know, too, after tonight's Hawks-Coyotes game, we're going to be on again doing a post-game show and more Patrick Kane conversation for joining us there. So join us there and check out allchgo.com. That's where everything CHGO lives from great written content to uh, our CHGO locker with all of our awesome merch. Uh, um, You can find out information on our takeovers, on our tailgates tomorrow night. We're going to have a happy hour with everybody. So you can join us for that as well. There's so much great stuff at allchgo.com. So go check that out and make sure you smash that like button. If you're watching us here on the YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast later on in the day, make sure you are subscribed and following there as well the comment here from rockstar 80 and it's a valid one says 35 year old Sidney crosby and 37 year old alex ovenchkin aren't stunting their young players growths sure but are either of those teams stanley cup contenders the answer is no to both of them and they might both miss the playoffs this year and when you look down the road for both of those franchises it's going to be bad for a long time for them. And they're eventually going to have to do exactly what the Blackhawks are doing right now. Maybe not exactly, but something very, very similar. The The reality of the hard cap is that the teams that develop well and draft well get punished because you can't pay everybody that you've drafted well and developed well. You just can't. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. You can't pay people fair market, market price. Um, the, the Penguins are going for it again. For some reason, with Latang and Crosby and Malkin, they're not going to get anywhere with it. They're not going to win the Stanley Cup, and that is the point. And the clearest path the Hawks have to getting back to where they were, you know, in 2010, 2013, 2015, is to do it this way. It's hard. It's going to suck for a few years, but I promise you, if you stick with it and you watch the develop the prospects develop and you keep up with the rebuild report, another great thing you could read at allchgo.com, you'll see that there is a lot of hope for the future already. And this is just year one or even year zero of the mm-hmm. rebuild. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's kind of the selling point now of, of this organization is now that, you know, Kane and likely Taze are, their careers are, are done as Blackhawks. Um, now it's the next wave. It's the next wave of guys that are coming through. It's 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 the you know the 2020, the 2021, 2022 draft classes uh, that are that are going to be you know in the spotlight. And of course, this year's draft class is 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 a huge uh, part of that as well. And, and the Blackhawks could very well get a guy like Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. And you know the the way that the prospect system has been replenished and and is rejuvenated adding at even just adding one of those guys uh continues that upward trajectory of of the future players of the future players and prospects that this team can have and uh, you know looking at you know kyle uh kyle's ten dollar super chat here really appreciate it uh says you guys are doing a great job love tuning in with kane and likely taze now gone who do you view 
uh, as the cornerstone of the franchise. For now, it feels like it's Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the the Chevy Drive Chicago commercial might go to Luke Richardson and Chris <laughs> Chelios for the time being. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, it's it's funny. Uh, the, none of those corner cornerstones are currently playing for this team. And we might not even see him next year. I mean, Lucas Reichel is a really good player. Is he a cornerstone? Uh, maybe, maybe. That, I mean, that's 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 yet to be determined. But you know, the the cornerstones are are some. There might be one yet to be drafted, Connor Bernard. Um, but there's there's definitely guys that are going to come up in the next couple of years that you can look at and say, hey, I think this is this is what we're building with. Um, and you know, we kind of touched on it uh, yesterday a little bit. You know, free agents and and you know, trades that Kyle, that Kyle Davidson can sign and, and acquire uh, down the road. You might you might add a guy who's uh you know that 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 cornerstone uh as a free agent or 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 in a trade um you know that's why getting these kinds of draft picks and and draft capital is important because you can you know throw the dart at the board and and draft a young guy or you can use it as currency and 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 acquire somebody that you maybe didn't have uh, on your radar before john has a comment here in the chat and says the cornerstone is the blackhawks 2023 first round pick that's probably correct. Yeah. It'll be Bedard. Yeah. It'll be Adam Fantilli. It'll be Leo Carlson, Matvey Mitchkov, somebody like that. Because whoever it is, they're going to be your top prospect right away. And you've already got, like Corey says, <laughs> Nazar, Korchinski, who are doing very well and are being you know highly thought of by all prospect watchers. Ethan Del Mastro has had a leadership role for Team Canada. Um, there's a lot of options. We just don't know yet. Right. Yeah. And when Keith and Seabrook were young pups in the NHL, um, you know, looking like Bambi on skates, falling over themselves and blowing assignments, no one thought that they were cornerstone players either. It takes time for prospects to develop. And I think that's another thing that, fellas, as the years go on here, we're going to have to remind people because I know there's a lot of Hawks fans here that jumped on with Kane and Taves that thought, oh, well, first round picks are good right away. That's not usually the case. It takes some time. It takes time for these guys to develop. So like Lucas Reichel is a really good example. I think there's some people that are impatient. Like, what's the deal? When is this guy going to come up here and and be a regular? It takes time. And um, somebody slick mentions Tavo Teravainen. In his first years in the NHL, he was a third-line guy, kind of bouncing between center and wing. And a lot of folks, Blackhawks fans, are like, this kid's not the prospect. He's overhyped. You guys are selling him way too hard. And lo and behold, two, three years later, he's an all-star type player on one of the best teams in hockey. So it takes time. Be patient. This whole process is going to take your patience. But you've made it this far, right? You're here with us today. Like like Kyle Davidson said, uh, jump on the ride because in the end, uh, the payoff's going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, the, the perfect example of taking time with your top prospects are the New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, they've got two number one overall picks on their team in Nico Hersher and Jack Hughes. And both of those guys took time. Uh, Jack Hughes, is he's in his third year, fourth year? Third, uh, third. third year. He's had some injury problems, but he's a superstar. I don't know if you've watched a lot of New Jersey Devil games out there, but you're going to see him in the playoffs, probably against Patrick Kane and the Rangers. And it's taken him all of these three years to get where he's at. And Nico Hersher is is another guy that some may still argue that uh, he's maybe wasn't worthy of that number one overall pick, but he's a pretty damn good player. And it's taken him four or five seasons to get to be where he's at right now. So, you know, Jay, you've said it numerous times, Jay, not for 
for every Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Taves and, and Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid that that are superstars and difference makers from day one, there's Alexis Lafreniere and and Jack Hughes who took some time. Like Lafreniere, they still don't know what they got in him. So yeah. uh, hopefully that Connor Bedard kid is in a Blackhawk uniform and he's in that Patrick Kane Connor McDavid group. Probably will be, uh, but just going forward. Patience, patience, patience. Yeah. Uh, Shy Sports Fan says, how long till the Hawks can even compete again? It's hard to say. I think Connor Bedard probably cuts a year off of that. Um, You know, uh, I think even Adam Fantilli, you could make that argument a little bit about. Um, It depends on how these draft picks pan out. Like, I saw Scott Powers yesterday mention that Kevin Korchinski might play in the NHL next year. That's not out of the possibility. I mean... You, we watched him in prospects camp. We watched him in preseason, and he looked really good. I personally wouldn't do that. I and wouldn't if do we, it. If we've learned anything from Kyle Davidson is that he is extremely patient with his top prospects. Um, but what we're saying is some of the guys that have been brought in uh, over the last year, year plus, are not as far away as it, as it might seem, right? You might start seeing some of these meaningful players up in the NHL uh, sooner than you think. Maybe not mm-hmm. next year, but the year after. I think Lucas Reichel is a full-timer next year. Um, he has to kind of has to he be, has right? To be. Um, but you could probably see them looking at a playoff spot 2025, maybe, and then really competing in 27, 28, like cup competing. I, I think if I, I think if the if if the young guys keep going on the trajectory that it looks like they're going now, and Davidson makes a couple smart additions either through trades or free agency. I think we might have some, might have some games uh, that are, that are worthwhile and competitive late into March and April and maybe into the playoffs, 2025, 26 season. Maybe. Yeah. I, I might based on the first draft class and that 2020 draft class, we have to give he who shall not be named a little bit of credit here. I know we don't like to do that, but that, that, that last draft class. The, yeah. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. That, or, yeah. His last draft class was pretty decent. It's looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, the difference is these guys are being able to develop a little more under the new regime instead of being like, Hey, you're good. Play here today. Um, but I, if with the amount of first round, second round, third round picks they have over the next couple of years, and based on what they did uh, last year, last draft, I think the twenty four twenty five season, the Blackhawks could be where the Buffalo Sabers or the Red Wings are right now, where they're like almost there. Like you could see it, you could see it starting to come together. You yeah. can you you have identified your stars of the future. You've identified your core. And now it's just about them progressing and getting over the hump and finding those right pieces from the outside to complement what you've built here. So I would say, you know, that 24, 25 season is where we really start to see it go from, ah, they're probably going to lose tonight. So we might as well hope they lose to get a by the draft pit to go, you know what? These guys winning is kind of fun. I'm okay. Drafting 13th. Let's go out and win some (laughs) hockey games. Yeah. They they might be around that 2008, Blackhawks vibe. Yeah, that, that that just on the cusp. And then hopefully by 25, 26, you know, you, you're going to have a couple of really good free agency classes come through the turnpike with some some game-changing players. The, the Blackhawks are going to have a ton of salary cap space. 
who knows? You know, things can change, but I, I, it is pretty obvious to me that Kyle Davidson has said, I have this plan and I'm sticking to this plan. And so far, he has not deviated or wavered from it one bit. So I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, if they have a surprise run next year where they're all of a sudden they're five points out of a wild card spot around Christmas. I don't think that changes his, his way of doing this at all. It doesn't make him go, well, okay, we're going to be buyers this time around. That's the difference between what we have now and what we had previously. We've got a poll question running right now on the YouTube. Where does Patrick Kane rank among your all-time favorite Blackhawks? The options are favorite, top three, top five, top ten. We'll update that at the end of the show. Uh, we also have a bunch of new viewers in here. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube page. We are 50 subscribers away from 26,000, and we've not even launched a year ago. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary uh, next week, but if you can, if we can reach that 26K mark by the time we go off the air here in about 10 minutes, we would greatly appreciate that. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're not already, and of course, uh, smash that like button and uh i know we got some people who jumped in late so why don't we why don't we recap the trade here steven i know you've got a graphic made uh sharing the details so here's the Uh, trade. beautiful graphic yeah if you love the green uh the rangers receive patrick kane the blackhawks get a 2023 second round and fourth round pick uh that second becomes a first in 2024 or 25 if the rangers reach the eastern conference final this year the coyotes had to jump in and take on the other 50 percent of kane's salary for doing so they get a 2025 third round pick so there you go blackhawks rangers and coyotes all had to get together to make this deal happen and that's 50 percent of the retained salary that the blackhawks are also retaining so it's really 25 percent of his total right Right. it's 50 percent of the salary going to the rangers so it's a quarter of his total so basically the rangers are paying just 25 percent of his salary from here and and, and getting well more importantly getting only 25 percent of his cap hit that's the important part rangers don't care about what they're physically paying him yeah right 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 uh nate says is that conditional second top 10 protected in 2024 25 i've not seen that detail yet this trade is expected so. to go down officially uh at 4 p.m or the minutes right thereafter um, because that's when officially the rangers can afford patrick kane so um you know four four thirty five ish we should get the total total details but i've not seen anything about protections on that first round pick so um, we'll let you know as it comes out, but as of now, it doesn't look that way. I think there's only, I, I think there's only so many conditions you can put on a pick specifically. So I don't know if you can say, well, it's a conditional second. If they make these for conference finals, then it becomes a first. Well, it's a protected for, I don't, I don't know if you can do that, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you can only do one condition where it's a top 10 protected pick and that's it. Like, yeah. I don't know if you can say, you know, if the draft is on a Thursday at 8.30 p.m., it's a fourth-round pick. But if it's on a Wednesday, it's a second round. Like, yeah, I <laughs> – these things are starting to these draft these uh, draft picks are starting to become more conditioned than my hair, and that's a problem. Uh, speaking know. of draft picks, you see what the Leafs just did? Yes. They yeah. Just, so, <laughs> so much so much for the Leafs getting out of the first round. What are you doing? <laughs> the, the Leafs just traded 22 year old defenseman Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals for our old pal Eric Gustafson and a first round pick. I'm sorry, but I'd rather have Sandin now than Gustafson. They wait. They got Gus and a first. And a first, yes. 
But still, no. why are you Sandine, bailing the 22 year old? Sandine is then the, the, the Gustafson's the throwaway in there at that yeah. point. You're basically trading to Sandine for that first round pick. And Sandine was getting pushed out because they just got McCade. That's a dumb trade. I'm sorry. I know you're getting a first round pick for him, but. That, I think Eric Gustafson back for a first round pick, and I hate Eric Gustafson. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's a twenty-two year old defenseman. <laughs> I would much have. I would much rather have Rasmus Sandin than Justin Hole or Connor Timmins or whoever else they got us uh, in their defensive group that they are going to be scratching. But I, yeah, that's. Hey, maybe that first round pick gets flipped before Friday. Who knows? Could be. It's true. Could be. If Eric Gustafson is in the Maple Leafs lineup for the playoffs. Oh boy. <laughs> I think he's going to be watching a lot of those games with uh, a bag of popcorn in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's going to be playing. I don't know if something else is on the horizon for them, but that's uh that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. For your playoff lineup with Eric Gustafson. Yikes. Yeah. I think Sandine's one of those guys that, you know, was the hype machine in Toronto being a top prospect in Toronto makes you better than everybody else. And then he just wasn't performing and now they can't wait to get rid of them. So, yeah, it's hard to trade away uh, 22-year-old defensemen with high ceilings. But, hey, we've seen that here a few times. So, yeah. you know, we feel your pain. I've seen that happen. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they turn out to be really good, and sometimes they're just Adam Boquist. Uh, Jake says Toronto was very lukewarm with Sandine. He got power play one time and didn't show enough. Apparently he's 22, 22, 22 years old. I uh, got a two. They don't chat. have time for that. They got to win now. Yeah, sure. We got a $2 super chat from D Chan says who gets moved traded next. Uh, well, you know, with the people we've been talking about all year, Max Domi is certainly on that list. Um, our Andreas Athanasiu is on that list of guys expected to move. Uh, Connor Murphy, which feels a little less likely now that Jake McCabe has been traded. Yeah. Um, but look, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of guys. There's really no one safe <laughs> on yeah. the roster. I mean, there's no yeah. untouchables. Well, it's it's funny. Like all all the I think all the big pieces are gone now. McCabe, Lafferty, Kane. Um, Jack Johnson obviously was a big piece. Um, but yeah, it, it, to me, it feels like a fantasy you and Domi might be Friday trades. Yeah. Like they might, they might be guys that if yeah. they're moved teams are teams are like, Hey, we, we still need to shore up our bottom six. Well, these guys are still available. Let's throw a second rounder out there and just see what happens. And that might, yeah. that might be the, the case for those guys. I don't know if Connor Murphy gets moved. I don't. I doubt yeah, it. I, I doubt it at this point. You need somebody. You gotta have somebody back exactly. there yeah. next year. And, and I think Connor Murphy is a Luke Richardson kind of guy. Plays the game. Plays the way Luke Richardson. Him and McKay both. Um, so yeah, I, I think Domi, Anthony, see you. Maybe there's a surprise out there. Maybe somebody wants a Jason Dickinson. But I think again, that's probably more next year because doesn't he have another he has year left? Yeah. You know, had had Colin Blackwell not pulled his groin, maybe that's a mm -hmm. guy that you know somebody gives you a sixth round pick for because they want a penalty kill guy. You know, it's happened before. Um, but yeah, Domi, Anthony, see you. And if those do happen, those are probably going to come really close to the deadline, yeah. um, which is a good way to remind you that we will be on the air for two hours on Friday. We will be on the air starting at 1 p.m. So we'll be on the air for the entire last hour of the trade deadline, and we'll stay all the way through the actual deadline at 2 p.m. Central and then for another hour till 3 p.m. 
Hopefully there's something to talk about, but the way this is going, there's not going to be a single trade for anybody on Friday. It's going to be a recap show. This is like a lot. I mean, I know every year there are trades that happen well before the deadline. It just seems that like as far as big pieces go, this is a lot of guys moving super early. Like we'd get little trades here, your Christopher Stieg type trades, (laughs) your secondary players, and then there's always those big pieces of the pie still left for Friday, but that's not really the case this season. Like who's the best player? Jacob Chikrin? Does he finally get traded? Talk about, you know. Chikrin, yeah. God, as long as we've talked about Kane, you know, imagine our our pals over at PHNX, how tired they are of will he or won't he with Jacob Chikrin. Really, yeah. it Chick- sounds like the Oilers are are trying to uh, ramp up that, and man, why the hell not? That makes you a Western Conference favorite. Well, and speaking of the Oilers, I saw Charlie the Bacon guy mention that Carolina might be interested in Max Domi. Carolina traded for Jesse Pugliarvi today. Finally, the world's most popular point three points per game player in the world uh, has been just- dealt. Couldn't they have just claimed him on waivers two weeks ago and got him for nothing? I, I know they didn't give up anything for him, but it's like, why didn't you just claim him on waiver? I don't get the whole thing with Pugliarvi. Like, I know he was a high draft pick, but he can't make it work with McDavid and Dreisaitl? Yeah, you can't score with those guys. You're not scoring like, with anybody. And maybe it's just a, a culture thing. Maybe it's a fit thing. Maybe he goes and thrives in Carolina. But I am so – nothing against the kid. Seems like a wonderful kid. But I am so tired of hearing a Jesse effing Pugliarvi all the time. My yeah. God, like, what are we doing? This guy, no, he's, he's got like 112 points in like 300 plus games. Yeah, he's he's, nice he's another another version of Yakupov again, except I don't think he has the attitude problem. I think it's the Oilers uh, community around him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we also had a super chat from West Wash 97 says, will the Kyle Beach scandal taint Kane's legacy? Well, I think that question is more for the individual fan and the individual person, right? Like it's, yeah. there's some people that the day Bobby Hull died, were mad that we mentioned that he beat the crap out of his wife and was a Nazi sympathizer. Some people just don't care. Some people do. For me, I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah, I think that that whole era, that whole 2010 team is not quite as romantic and thrilling and is and as close to my heart as they were uh, a year and a half ago because I can't think of that team now without thinking of how they've let down their yeah. teammate Kyle Beach and look guys make mistakes they're teenagers they're in their twenties we don't know who knew exactly what when but you know I will say this of the two Kane was the more thoughtful uh, between him and Taves when he was asked about it. Right, he had kind of a more sympathetic and empathetic response uh, than Jonathan Tay saying, "Like, well, I don't know why, why I got to say his name because for context, but I don't know why Stan Bowman get, loses his job. Uh, he was always good to me. Yeah. What? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, that's uh, so uh, legacy tainting. That's for time to decide, and I think that is on an individual fan by well, fan basis. And let's be honest. When it comes to Patrick Kane, there's more than the Kyle Beach thing that can make it yeah. tainted for people. There's um, more that he's uh, a little bit more directly involved in. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a and discussion yes. for another another time, another place. But it's not just the Kyle Beach that can make people go, eh, I didn't really like that guy. And for me, I will, I'll, I'll flat out say it, like that stuff really rubbed me the wrong way. I, yeah. I was never really that into Patrick Kane <laughs> as, a, as a fan or whatever because of it. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, 
I agree. I, and I'm not trying to like, way. it's not because he's traded now. It's, it's not because of that. It had always, ever since the stuff happened and not just the allegations in Buffalo, but the assault on the cab driver and the Madison stuff. And every girl in her twenties had a Patrick Kane story. Like, eh, it's not my, my yeah, type of dude. He there was, there, there were a lot of times where it'd be like, if I had younger nieces or nephews or, 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 or cousins and they'd be like, I want a Patrick Kane jersey. I'd be like, eh, how about you go for the Jonathan Taves or the yeah. Duncan Keith? <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, he's excited. Kids today still love him. And you know, it's some people can separate all that and they don't care. They just want him to score goals and be an exciting player. And if that's how you operate, that's how you operate. But yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff there, but again, that's, that's a, that's a topic we could dedicate probably two full shows to and (laughs) have people screaming at us. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us here. Reminder, we're on again tonight after Hawks and Coyotes, it will be 90% Patrick Kane tonight, too, I promise you. It might be 90, 99%. <laughs> yes. We might tell we you should... the final score and then continue this conversation. <laughs> Let's do 88% Patrick Kane. There you for go. Time uh, there we go. Sounds good. So uh, if you're checking us out for the first time again, thank you. Welcome. Check out allchgo.com. Become a diehard. You get a free shirt or hat upon sign up and every year on renewal. It's a great deal there. You save 20% on all CHGO events, including our tailgates, our takeovers. You save 20% on every piece of merchandise in the CHGO locker. It really pays for itself, and you get access to our great written content uh, like the Rebuild Report that Mario and Greg put together every week. And that's going to become more and more important as the years go on here. So you're going to want to check that out, allchgo.com. Hopefully it, it starts being less important. <laughs> yeah. And Charlie, the bacon guy is picking up my tab for mentioning he who shall not be named. Thank you, Charlie, for the $2 super chat. I appreciate that. Uh, So we'll talk to you tonight after Hawks and Coyotes. Oh, before we go, we got to update the poll results. What do we got, Steven? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did things end here? All right, taking a look at it right Uh now. We are, by the way. So it was, where does Patrick Kane rank among your all-time favorite Blackhawks? 49% said he was their favorite. Top three was seconds. 49. 49%, 49%, correct? Oh, okay. Top three was second with 34, top five, 11%, and top 10, 6%. Yeah. I think we identified the uh, the age group uh, amongst our listeners. <laughs> Definitely. I, I mean, yeah, top top three. I would uh, I would put them in. Yeah, I'd, I'd, put I'd in, probably I'd put, put him in my top my, three. I'd probably put him in my top three. And and of, of guys that I saw play, he's uh, I think he's, he's easily top three. Yeah, doing for fa- sure. Favorites. See, I'm weird. I, my favorites are always like favorite to me does not mean best. Yeah, favorite and best are different. Yeah, yeah. favorite is still Ronick. Sorry, it's the guy. It's the guy that made me love hockey. Sounds like yeah. a good topic for August. <laughs> I think we did that one. But we can do I think it we did that in August. These, but we got all these new listeners. <laughs> yeah, all these new listeners. It'll be, it'll be it's new to everybody who hasn't heard it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. One final reminder. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll be back after Hawks, Coyotes, Puck Drops at 8. So look for us around 1030, 1045 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.